0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I'm going to wrap up Fiery Trial this week, right now. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. I've been doing a little bit of uh, expository preaching, (laughs) That's fancy for line by line is what that means. It's just a fancy term for that. And uh, actually, we're getting into some exciting portions of this scripture or this passage of passage of scripture. And uh, I wanted to announce this too. So on Wednesday nights, I'm going to be starting a a new series called Free Will, and we're going to look at the idea of the sovereignty of God and what that means. That's going to be on Wednesday nights, starting this Wednesday. And then next Sunday, I'm going to start a series called The Secret Place, which I'm very excited about talking about fellowship with the Lord. This is something that the Lord's been emphasizing. Sometimes we can get so wrapped up in principles that we forget about fellowship. And this is something that the Lord has said to me directly. He said, Sean, my principles work at their maximum out of a place of fellowship. So there are, in fact, we have scripture to declare this, where Jesus said that in the last day and after, at the judgment, there would be those that would stand before him and say, Lord, we laid hands on the sick in your name and they were healed. We cast out devils in your name. And he looked at them and said, depart from me. I never knew you. So fellowship has to do with what? Knowing God. So what, why quote that scripture? You can actually function in a principle and not know the one who gave you the principle. So I don't want to be that. How about you? Yeah, I don't want to be that. So um, I'm going to start a series called The Secret Place. And we're going to, you know, there are a couple words given for this year. One of them, I know when Pastor Larry was here, he talked about the importance of worship. And worship has to do with that secret place. I know in leadership this morning, the Lord had me start with uh, Mark 3, where Jesus, it says that he called his disciples, and the first call that he had on those disciples was that they would be with him. And then it says, and that he would send them out to preach. So really, the primary call first, before you go out to preach, is to what? Be with him. Okay? Okay. So you can understand a principle and miss the heart of the one who gave it if you're not with him. And so I don't want that to happen. Amen? How about you? You don't want that to happen in your life. So we're going to be going into those. But today I want to wrap this up here in uh, 1 Peter and uh, chapter 4. We've talked about several things and I'm not going to go back and review all of them. Last week we talked about some really fun passages where everybody was very excited about them. It was just riveting how much joy was in the room, but how many know the scriptures, the scriptures have a way of of, of being sober at times, amen? So now we're going to get into a little bit more fun, so if you're just a glutton for for sobering things, you can listen to the message last week, and uh, it will challenge you, but we want to obey the scriptures, amen? So 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1, I'm just going to start reading, you can follow along if you want. But it says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same mind. For he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's a powerful statement. You should read that, memorize it, look at it. Let the Lord talk to you about it. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of of men, but for the will of God. See, once you're born again, you're supposed to turn your flesh over to the Lord to use. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walk in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. How many of you know if you live in righteousness, there are those that are going to speak evil of you? That's not, that's not abnormal. You know, sometimes people think, well, I got saved and I lost my friends. That's normal. Well, if I really loved them, then they wouldn't leave me. No, if you really love them, they could totally reject you. Jesus said, if they hated me, <laughs> people don't, that's, that's not one, that's not a scripture on the fridge either. You know, it's like, <laughs> people are like, no, I, I don't want to be hated. No, that's, you know, I'm not believing for that. You know, <laughs> it's just the reality though, right? Why? Because there's a separation. People sometimes, you know, the people want to quote scriptures. You know, Jesus said, you know, talked about loving the whole world, that he came to save the world, that he didn't come to judge the world, and, and that he came for redemption and, and all of those things. And he did. But you know, Jesus also quoted that he did not come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword. Did not he not say that? So which is Right. The answer is both. Well, how do we know what the manifestation is going to be in our lives? That depends on the will that we choose. It depends on the direction we choose. If we choose to follow Jesus, there may be people that are separated from us. Why? Because I've made a decision to make Jesus Lord of my life. He decides the direction for my life. He decides how I use my body. And what I use it for. I no longer allow the world's and my flesh's lusts to drive the direction of my life. I have now by the Spirit of God and the grace of God, made a decision to yield to God, now he can use my body the way he desires. Does that make sense? So I no longer use my body for certain things that I did before when I wasn't saved. Why? Because that's what Jesus said to do. Well, Jesus is my Savior. Yes, he's Savior to many and Lord to few. If you're going to be a disciple... A disciple is one who completely conforms to the master. So a lot of times we don't understand this today because we think, you know, like people will have a, a, somebody that they really admire in the natural. And so they will, they will gather information about that person. And even sometimes uh, they can know a lot about that person, but they haven't conformed their whole life. Think of discipleship like apprenticeship. So don't just think of it like, well, I'm, I'm saved now, so I have Jesus in my life, so I need to just get a bunch of knowledge about Jesus. It's not just getting knowledge. It's, it's, it, part of it is receiving that knowledge, but then it's this process, process of being transformed into the image of the one who has saved you. In other words, Jesus put it this way. He said, it's enough for the servant to be as his master. So it's no longer, Paul put it this way. It's no longer I who lives, but... Now, was that just for the apostle or was that for the individual? See, Paul made this statement in his, in his revelation. He said that he actually wrote it down so that we might understand it, so that we might live in it. Does that make sense? So that's what's taking place. That's what Peter is saying here. Now, Peter made the comment. He said, you know, uh, ignorant people get all confused about Paul's revelation, but Paul's right. That's basically what he said. And so in this case, he's saying, look, don't use your body for everything you did before you were saved. Use it for righteousness. And don't just think in terms of, okay, I'm not going to cuss anymore. How many have ever done that? You you just think in terms of, okay, I'm just going to be moral. I'm just, I'm going to be, well, morality, holiness is a part of that. But it's more than that. You are now an advocate. You're an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. So the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven that you saw through your master, Jesus, should now be the expectation of you, his disciple, in your daily life. You begin to... Do as He did. You begin to follow the principle that He stated when He was here on earth. He said, I only say what my Father says. I only do what He shows me to do. And you begin to live out, walk out, and express the nature of heaven that now lives in you. See, salvation, and many, many times people don't realize this, but it is the revelation of the epistles. Salvation is not just a ticket to heaven when you die. It's not just the open door that once you pass through the veil of this life, the natural, you step into the next, which is the pearly gates of heaven, where you go and see the Father God. It's not just Crossing out of this life and not going down, but going up. That's definitely a part of it. But what it is more than that, it is not only heaven out there, but it is heaven being received here. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All old things have, and all things have become new. And all things are of God. Verse 18 in there. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. All things are of God. So where is that? That's in your spirit. So when you're born again, you know, people say, this is a quoted verse. You say you haven't got to your passage. I know, but we're in a good flow here. Are you learning anything? (laughs) Praise God. The scripture says this, if I can go back to it. The power of life and death is in the, how do you get saved confess with your and that's the power of life and death that same principle that gets you in the door through faith through the door of faith there by faith you can use it with the other promises you can use it with the other promises the, f- the first one is the most important. Obviously, b- getting saved is pretty important, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that's the greatest miracle there is? Absolutely. But then after that, what else is available? There's still life and death that we're looking at. Because in the spirit, there's constant flow here on earth between there's flows of two things, the enemy's flow, which is death, and God's flow, which is life. It's constant, constantly flowing. And we can have either let's agree with the Lord, amen, so if you're if you're having a condemnation, try to come on you, you can say, "I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and what takes place in the spirit you're 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 uh coming against death and you're releasing life. you see that so you can use that same principle. We have now been given, oh, we have given ourselves over to, and we do this progressively, okay? So most people, uh, I don't know anybody that uh, is born again or even born in the natural, and they just come out full grown. You know, if your kid came out full grown, shaven, you know, it's like he grabs a suitcase. Well, I'm off to work, mom. You know, that'd be weird. Okay? (laughs) in, In the spirit, it's the same way. In the spirit is the same way. You've got to grow, and to grow properly, even as a baby, what do you need? You need nutrition. You need love. You need care. You need all those things. Those those constant. It's the same in the spirit. And then what do what do babies do? Babies, they first, you know, you know, they have all these different things that that the stages. I'm thinking through my kids that they went through. You know, I'm so thankful we're out of the diaper stage. I just The blessing is off the charts. Um, (laughs) I mean, now I'm in the stage where my oldest can drive, so it's like I don't even have—I don't even have other kids, you know, because she picks them up, and I, you know, I just get to show up, and yeah, we're practically done being parents. It's like we're—no, I'm just kidding, (laughs) except for the fact that I pay for all the vehicles and everything. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> now I got myself distracted. Yeah, and in trouble, yeah. No babies, you know, they'll what do they do? They kinda they'll roll over first, right? Is that one of the first things they do? <laughs> Little babies. They lift their head, you know? You see a kid lift their head, you know. Then they roll over and parents are like, Oh, they rolled over. You know? And in the spirit, as a pastor, When you have a true baby Christian and they roll over, it's like, oh, (laughs) you know, it's like. (laughs) Then me and Heidi are like, okay, walk to Heidi. (laughs) People say, it's not really like that. It's exactly like that. Did you see that? They walked like three feet and didn't fall. You know, and that's the way it is spiritually. So we, we develop in these things. There's graces, there's truths, and we develop in these things over the years as we're consistent and steady with the Lord. But there has to be that consistency and that purpose where you say, okay, I'm going to do this word, and this word is going to become my, uh, I'm going to become as my master is. Amen? And it's not just one portion of it. It's all of it. People say, well, that seems overwhelming. Well, it gives you something to do for, until you die. I'm serious. Some people need something to do before, until they die. Some people feel like they're just waiting to die. Well, if you just do the word, you'll have purpose. And in that, you're working and you're establishing faith and you're pleasing the Lord and you're establishing the kingdom. And then also, when you get to heaven, you'll actually have more harvest there. Amen? Okay. So we see here, I don't even know where I left off, but we're to live in the flesh for the will of God and not for. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7, I think that's where we I want to start. Oh, no, sorry. Go back to verse 5. So they think it's strange that you don't walk into these things, uh, was what we looked at in verse 4 as far as dissipation. And dissipation means wastefulness or abandon is what it means. So if you're going to live in those things that were just described in the previous verse, You're just, you're going to live in wastefulness. People say, what does it mean I'm going to go to hell? No, I didn't say that. It's just you're going to waste what God's given you here, okay? And so sometimes people don't like to hear that, but it doesn't really matter. I didn't write the Bible, so it just is what it is. And we live in a culture. Actually, you know what the truth of the matter is? The same, the stuff that's going on today has been going on for thousands of years. We just think it's so big because we're here. If we would have been back then, you know, people, you know, you see different sins, different things, all these different things that are going on in the earth, and even in the church. They were all going on when this Bible was written. You know what I mean? They were all going on back then. So we need not let the enemy get us excited about that kind of stuff. Verse 5, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Will we give an account? Yes. You will. I heard uh, Lester Summerall said this years ago. He said, I live every day for the day that I stand before the Lord. Well, that'll keep you focused. Because you know I'm going to stand before him. Sometimes people think, well, you're just trying to put fear in me. I don't have to. You're going to stand before the Lord. Now, I don't think you should respond to that verse out of a terror of the Lord in the sense of like a, a fear of him. But I do think you should respond to it out of a reverence and love for him. Realizing that the Lord is with you wherever you go, people say, "Well, the preacher preached that, and he's just trying to, you know, trying to uh, make me make me feel like the Lord's everywhere." No, I don't have to make you feel like it. He is everywhere. He is omnipresent. And if you're born again, he's riding—well, not riding shotgun. He should be riding driver's seat. You should be shotgun. Amen. So he is everywhere. For this reason, the gospel was preached to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be a goofball and don't bother with anything because you're under grace anyway. So what difference does it make? Just treat God like he's nothing because you're going to go to heaven anyway. So who cares? Is that what it says? It says what? Therefore, be... Serious? Well, that's serious. And watchful. Well, whatever. Nope. It doesn't say be serious and whatever. It says be serious in what? Be watchful in your prayers, in your fellowship with the Lord. For the end of all things, he says, is at hand. Verse 8, and above all things have what? Get offended and mad at everybody in the church. Hold their sins against them. Get bitter. Get angry. Above, uh, uh, above all things, what? That's a strong statement. Above all things, have what? fervent love for one another. How many realize that that is not a feeling? You have to go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 later on. Above all things have what? Fervent love for one another. For love will what? A multitude of sins. Do you think that's on God's mind? he pre- he prefers that what does that mean it means he will he's going to cover those things okay love covers over a multitude of sins love is vital in biblical teaching love does not excuse sin instead it brings the sinner to repentance james writes remember this whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Similarly, in the context of Peter's teaching, to cover a multitude of sins with love restores the sinner and averts impending judgment. That's what we saw in 1 Peter 4, 5. Furthermore, the ministry of restoration solemnizes Peter's command to be self-controlled for the purpose of prayer. Love combines with prayer to affect the restoration of the sinner. In addition, we know that faith works by... We also know that prayer without love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, profits nothing. Profits nothing. So, what are you saying? I'm telling you that as the body of Christ, we're to have fervent love for one another. you got to watch the enemy. He's so good at this. Oh, he is good at division. Oh, he is, he is expert level. At division, destruction, bitterness, hatred, envy. Come on, come on, Uh, 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 offended. Oh, how much offended is going on right now? Just in the world, but let alone in the church. We're to have fervent love for one another. Does that mean that we have to agree on every little detail? Come on, who's married in here? Yeah, that's what I thought. So you know the answer to that question. Walk in love. Right? You don't have to agree on every little detail. No. You don't have to. Forever and a day, I will still like my steak medium, and my wife will still like hers well done. Well, medium well. Oh, I've had an effect. That's pretty good for me. (laughs) Do you you understand what I'm saying, though? We we need to have fervent love for one another. Fervent love. Well, and and you got to watch it because people will speak and they don't even realize that they're trying to create division and they don't even realize they're doing it. But you got to be aware and go and and be aware of what's the spirit that's trying to speak. The, The scripture that comes to my mind is this. How many remember when Jesus or when Peter said to Jesus, you're the son of God. You're the savior of the world. Remember when he said that to him and, and, and Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, uh, man has not revealed this to you. You heard from the Holy Spirit. How many remember that passage of scripture? How many know the next few verses are Peter getting rebuked for following the, the, the ways of man? Because Jesus right after that says, look, boys, I got to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And Peter looks at Jesus, takes him aside, rebukes him. I guess Peter thought, well, I guess I'm hearing from the Lord now. So maybe I ought to take this ship over. Takes, Takes Jesus aside and starts rebuking Jesus. Be it far from you, Lord. And Jesus looked at him and said, He rebuked him and he said, "Uh, you mind the things of men and not of God. So in other words, Peter went from hearing from the Holy Spirit to yielding to the flesh and to the enemy. Just like that. You say, is it possible that people could do that back to back? Mm -hmm. How many have done it? I gotta raise both hands. So in the area of... Of fervent love, we need to be aware, hey, I got to stay here, stay focused, stay watchful, stay serious. It's not that you can't goof around. Obviously, we know that. Have a little fun. But what it is, we need to be aware, prayerful, so that we're focused. Amen? Look at verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Ooh. Grumbling is grudging or murmuring. It is secret displeasure, not openly avowed. The Bible says, bless the Lord at half the time and grumble the other half. Man, this one's sticking me right now. I'm just like, you know, I heard a minister say this years ago. He said, if you realized how much we grumbled, people wake up in the morning their alarm didn't go off like it should have. Oh, my alarm didn't go off. Grumble, grumble, grumble. But get I in, get, in, get in the bathroom, get in the shower, get ready to go, and they're trying to fix their hair. And man, my hair never does what it's supposed to. Grumble, grumble, grumble. There's no, there's no creamer for the coffee? Oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> so I just revealed myself. Okay, so uh, praise the Lord. Get into traffic, you're running late already. Huh, what's this person in front of me? What are you, grandma, get out of the way. <laughs> Unless it's my wife's grandma, then it's like she's behind you going, get out of the way. <laughs> she, she got a lead foot, man. She just, ugh, you know, make, <laughs> Take care. love you, Grammy. Yeah, yeah. She knows I'm, ta- I'm not talking behind her back. I'm right in front of her, so we're good. <laughs> oh, grumble, 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 grumble. No, we're supposed to not grumble, amen? Well, so-and-so has a need in the church, and I had plans, but now I got to go do this. Be hospitable and don't grumble. Sow a seed. Have fervent love. Amen? Have fervent love for one another. Have fervent love for one another. Now I am going to say this as a confession: I have not done that perfectly, by any means. But the Lord has challenged me to get stronger in these areas. Why? Well, for one, I want God to manifest stronger. But the other, the, the most important thing is, I want to please Him. Amen. And He's empowered me to be able to do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm like I've said, I've said earlier, we all have personality disorders. That doesn't mean we all need professional counseling, okay? But everybody in here has something. If we didn't, why? what's the necessity of the transformation or the renewal of the mind? So we all do. We all have those little things that need to be tweaked to line up with the resurrection within us. Amen? And as we do, praise God, we grow, we develop. So be hospitable. Don't grumble. As each one has received a gift, minister it to What? one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. How many like that? So let me just say this. If you're born again, you have received a gift. Now, for years, and this is changing more and more and more. For years, people thought, well, the preacher is supposed to do all the work of the ministry. That is actually not true. The preacher is supposed to help you see that you're anointed and you're supposed to do the work of the ministry. Now, people think, well, that means I'm going to get up and take over the service. No, you're missing it. The work of the ministry is partly here, but a lot of it's out there. See... And what happens is, and and I understand it, is sometimes people don't understand what they've been given. But everybody has been endued with something from God, specific graces given to them. There are some general ones that work no matter what. But specific graces given to them that you have the ability to express God in a certain way. And you can go out and do that. Why? Because you've been given what? You've been given the grace. I love that word. Manifold. Many-fold grace of God has been given to you. And you can function out of that to the world around you. You can go into all your world and do what? Preach the gospel. And some people think, well, does that mean I have to take a little podium like you do and then have this message prepared? No, no, no. Preach. It doesn't... This is not a... a, a, Don't think in terms of like public speaking. Think in terms of lifestyle. Walking conversation the way you are so i no longer use my body for certain things that the world would identify with as oh yeah that person is this way or that way i now use my body my voice my mind my my words my tongue all of these things to be to express what the nature of god i'm a preacher by how i live not just by my occupation or whatever you want to call it amen You have grace in you, and you're to minister it not only to the world, but to one another. Like, it is very possible that you could come in here any given Sunday, and somebody could be praying for somebody else before the service start, and what you will not see me do is go to them and go, hey, wait, 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 do you have an ordination certificate? Because I do. You know, I went to Bible college, so... How dare you lay hands on that person? You say, we say, why? That that sounds a little odd. There are people that are that way. There are whole denominations that think only the minister can do ministry. And that is not what Ephesians 5 talks about. It's not. You have the ability to minister by the manifold grace of God within you to those around you. People say, Well, how do I do that? Why don't, they? first of all, do this? Spend time with the Lord and say, Lord, how would you like me to minister today? Where is the opportunity? And if you do that, it's the Romans 12 principle. Every day you wake up and you go, My body is not my own, it's yours, Lord. It's a living sacrifice. I worship you with it. Go ahead and do what you want to do. And if you keep that antenna up and you're open to the signal at all times, I could, guys, I could have, I could stop the service right now and I bet for two hours I could have people come up and give testimonies of people who have been ministered to. And I, that probably wouldn't be enough time for all of them or what God has done. Marianne was telling me last week, was it last week? That you were ministering to somebody at your work who was a, she was a Wiccan. And she ministered to her for a while at her work. Now she was diligent. She had to record everything so she couldn't get in trouble, you know, because she's the boss and she's sharing truth and scripture with her. But see, you may not know that, but what is she doing? She's ministering in her world. Why? Because I don't work there. What if Mary answered? I'm gonna call my pastor and have him come talk to you. <laughs> I'd probably say, No, you're not. You're gonna do it yourself. Especially if you know how. And she did. She ministered to her. So you have manifold grace to go and be. People say, well, I get nervous about it. Spend time with the Lord. Resist the fear and be bold, brother or sister. Be bold in your Lord. He will not leave you hanging. Even if you start to gargle in water, just go, Jesus, and he'll pick you up. Okay. Don't be afraid. No, I should say this. Don't yield to the fear. Be bold. People sometimes say, I don't want to be a street preacher. You don't have to, but you should go out on the street and do it sometime. Well, it's just not my personality. Do we really have to go there? Amen. Even if it's not, I think you should do it just to prove you can you say, have you done it? Lots of times. And I am given more to that. My personality is. Because I I will. I'm not exactly, it doesn't bother me to talk to somebody I don't know. I know I can carry the conversation, you know. But some people say, well, I tried it and it totally messed up. Good job. Praise God. Way to get out there and do it. See, you look at it as a failure. God looks at it as a step of faith. Well, I was... I was, you know, all they can think of is, uh, or all they can think about when it, when it comes time to speak to somebody, everything in their brain scrambles and they lock up. We have uh, salvation scripts out there and you can just read it. I, I have proven this. So I can, you know, go up to somebody and talk to somebody about the Lord pretty easily. It doesn't really bother me. And I can keep my thoughts in one row because I don't fear it but I thought, I'm going to try something. So I took the salvation script and I just monotone. See, I'm I'm sharing Jesus with the person, but I'm also like running an experiment at the same time. And I just walked up to them and I said, what's your name? <laughs> they give me their name. Has anybody ever told you that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? I'm literally doing this. And you know, I got through that portion, and I look up, and they're crying. Here, let me tell you why. It's not because I was so monotone it was hurting their emotions. (laughs) The Lord is the power. I lay hands on people for healing. They get healed. I feel nothing. I wish I did. You say, I mean, I prefer, if I could live in God's feelings all the time, woo-hoo, I don't even feel like preaching all the time, you know? But that doesn't matter. It's about obedience to the Lord and me giving my life to Him, amen, and turning my life over to Him. I laid hands on somebody one time for healing, they came for healing, and I prayed over them and I just... You know, I just thank you, Lord. for and, and sometimes in my mind, I'm going, Lord, I don't feel a thing, but I know your power's flowing into them. This is going on inside my head. So I, I lay hands and pray for them. And, and they, they look at, this has happened so many times. They look at me and, you know, their eyes, they have tears or whatever. And they're, they're like, ooh, the power of God is strong. And I'm going, praise the Lord. <laughs> I know it wasn't me. You know, I'm just that conduit, and so are you. You have graces in you. Speak as of the oracles of God. That's what he says. Verse 11, we'll wrap it up right here. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the what? Oracles of God. You are an oracle of God. You're a walking oracle. You know, don't think of all the movies you've seen about the oracles. Think about the fact that you are, you say, how can that be? Because as you spend time with the Lord, he in He puts his words in you through the written word and by the Holy Spirit. And then as those words and that fellowship takes place, the germination, the growth of the Spirit of God within you, you then become what? An oracle of God. You then release him where you go. Sometimes it's just the ministry of presence. His presence in you being around someone else. Amen? You become an oracle of God. And then he says, let him him do it as with the ability which God supplies. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability God supplies. Somebody say, it's God's ability. And he supplies it to me. Now watch this, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. So uh, people say, well, man, you've laid hands on people and they've been healed and they've been, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. You've had these things take place. Yes, I have. And many of you have too. But who gets the glory? Both. Yes, you're right. The answer is yes. All of the above. Half of you said God, half of you said Jesus. The answer is yes. Who gets the glory? Who gets the honor? We don't go, ooh, I just was an oracle. Did you see that? Look, I think I'm probably supposed to pastor this place. I just gave a word. And that person cried for like three hours. I did that a lot when I was young and the Lord thought I was something because the Lord flowed through me and the Lord did this wonderful thing to me. He wouldn't let me progress in my ministry until my identity was in him more than the gift, the manifestation. It's a humbling thing. So now you lay hands on people and say, "Ooh, man, good one, Lord. Glory to God. And people will. The more the church grows and develops and this, people will try and make you God in their life. They will. It happens. that You're now the source. You got to watch it because your flesh is like my flesh. It deserves a good burial every day. Could wake up and have a funeral. Having another funeral today. Who's died? My flesh. I lay you to rest today. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. How many are thankful that we're not alone? I want to uh after the service, we'll be up here to pray for people. Uh, Rick and Luann and Heidi and I will be up here. Um, and we're, if you need prayer for anything, you know, um, as far as healing, anything like that, baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll pray with you to receive that or anything else. But uh, what I want to do right now, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to make sure uh, that everybody is uh, in right relationship with the Lord. Um, and so if you're here today and you, you need to know for sure, well, it's one of two things. Either you've had a relationship with the Lord, you've walked away. I'm talking about you've, you've rejected him. I'm not talking about like you've made a few mistakes along the way. That's not what I'm talking about. Or you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never uh, said, Lord, you're my Savior. You're my, I believe you're the Son of God. I've, I've never done that. On either of those occasions, I want to pray for you. And all I'm going to ask you to do is just raise your hand where you're at. If that's you. Yes, thank you. Is there anybody else? You need to give your life to the Lord or rededicate one or the other. Ushers, if you could help me, just let me know. Thank you. Okay. Well, I know we've had one respond. Praise God. So I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. And you can just follow after me. And as we do this. The spirit of God will come and change your heart. So if you just repeat after me. Father God. I come to you. Needing you. I need a change. a change of heart and I realize that today I believe that Jesus was sent as the son of God to pay the penalty for my sin and my separation from you Father, I believe that as Jesus hung on that cross and bled, that that blood is my cleansing from all sin and unrighteousness. I receive Jesus into my heart right now. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is changing me. I am becoming and have become a new creation. Everything old is passed away. And all things have become new and are of God. I am born again. I'm a child of God. When I leave this life, I will go right to heaven to be with my Father. As I live here on earth now, I know that the Spirit of God resides in me. And I give my whole life, my whole body, over to Him. For his use, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, uh, if you were one that responded, we'd love, Heidi and I would love to pray with you. And then we have a new believer's book here, and also a Bible. There's also a card here that says, Welcome to the Family of God. And what it has is actually our website and four different audio messages that we did That we feel are very important for helping you uh, get a firm foundation in your faith. And so we'd love to give that to you if you'd please come and see us right after. That would be great. Again, if you need prayer for anything, we can pray with you. Rick and Luann will be over here. Heidi and I will be over here. Did you get anything today? Amen. Did you get fed? Don't forget Wednesday night. We do have our new series on free will. We'll be teaching that. So uh, God bless you guys enjoy the warm weather, I guess. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.